not. I've heard some testimonies this past week from some folks that have been inviting people to come and be in God's house and, and, and know the Lord. I, just exciting to hear how people are saying, I get it, I get it. I need to be light and I need to be salt. And you know what? I'm going to be a light. And they went out and they were lights and they were salt. But have you hid your light this week? Now I want you to see in this verse what happens. Because you see... Scripture, it's not there just there's a, for our benefit. Verse will follow the verse. And it teaches us something. So we need to say, okay, if I make a choice to hide my light, what happens? What happens? Well, God, and in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, used Paul to tell us what exactly happens when we hide our light. Now, follow along. Look at the verse. In whom the God, the God of this world. It's up there. Who is that God of this world? We all know that, right? Y'all get that part. If you've ever been saved for any amount of time, you know the devils are real, right? You got that? He is real. Oh, boy, is he real. Demons of hell, he, they are real. And he is out to seek and destroy that which is good. He's out to destroy your life in any and every way that he possibly can. So it says, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds. What happens? What's the result when we hide our lights? When we make a choice to say, no, I'm not going to be a witness. No, I'm not going to share the truth. No, I'm not going to speak up. No, I'm not going to give the gospel of Jesus Christ to this person who's before me. I'm going to make a choice, say, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to make excuses. Or maybe even, listen, maybe even there's sin in your life that's keeping the light to shine. What happens? Satan begins to step in. And when he begins to step in, folks, he begins to blind the minds pollute, deceive the minds of who? Of the lost. Because it says, he's blind to the minds of them which believe not. Do you realize that when you and I do not take the opportunity to be light, that we're opening the door, and if I could just illustrate this, here can I watch, here we open the door. Open that door, Satan steps in. He begins to tell his lies to that person about what we believe, about Jesus Christ. Why are there people today that are so stubborn, so to the point they don't want to hear the truth, to a point that they, they, they just don't want to listen to what we've got to say? Though what we got to say is the truth. It's the word of God. Here's the reason why. Because we have allowed them not to see the light. And as a result of that, in their time, Satan has come and he has blinded their eyes to the truth of the gospel. It's serious business, I'm telling you folks. Serious business here. This is not trivial. This is not, oh, well... Pat you on the back, and you're good, and you're wonderful, and you 
home and you can puff yourself up and you put your feet up and says, I am really good. No, I'm going to tell you something, folks. We're living in a day and age where Christians are not expressing and not telling people about Jesus Christ and letting their light shine. And as a result, people are dying and going to hell. What are we going to do about it? Well, the only thing I know to do is I can't hide my light. I can't hide the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I say that because the last part of the verse is, let the light of the glorious gospel. Now, this is what the gospel does. Remember I gave you that illustration a minute ago? Here's what I'm going to share, okay? It says this, lest the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. In other words, we here are what? We here are what? And we're shining the gospel of Jesus Christ to those people that are lost without Christ. And you know what we're doing when we shine our light? In this darkened world, we are doing this, punching holes in the darkness so the light can shine. And folks, would you agree with me that we live in a dark world? Amen. Do you agree that we live in a world that is sin sick? Amen. We live in a world that is seeking hope in all the wrong directions, and the only direction is Jesus Christ. But you and I are that light in this world, and we got to learn those in the darkness so the light will shine, so that they will see Jesus Christ, and so they'll come to Christ and be saved. Will you do it? That's the whole idea of reach one. Now, very quickly, for the next five minutes, let me tell you our point number one, okay? Here's what you need to do. If I'm going to reach one pastor, how can I do it? Now, we're going to go through these because this was our theme for the year. One, give me a burden for one. Now, I have a burden for many more than one, believe me, but give me a burden for one. Because I want to focus on one, and I want to reach that one for Christ, and then after that, you know, another one, but I'm going to, what, focus on one. Give me a burden. Now, Romans chapter 9, verse number 2, is it a perfect example of a burden. I want you to understand what a burden is, okay? Here it is. Paul wrote these words about burden. And he had a tremendous burden for those that were lost, those that did not know Jesus. Paul was a salt, and he was light. He was doing exactly what God wanted him to do. And he took opportunities to do that. And he said this about his burden. He says that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. What does that mean? The word heaviness means pain, grief, mourning. Do you have a mourning, a burden on your heart for that one? Is it to the point that you can't help but just think about it all the time? 
You can't help but just pray about it all the time. You can't help to cry out to God to save that person all the time. Such a burden that he says, I have a heaviness on my heart. And that word heaviness and wish. And one writer said this. He said, the point is forceful for God's people. Should be willing to suffer the ultimate pain for souls and lost people. Now, who did Paul have a burden for? Well, verse 3 says it's for his brethren. And then he writes also in chapter 10, verse 1, and he also says again about this burden. He says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel that they might be saved. The word desire is I have a deep moving in my heart. I cannot sleep. I cannot do anything but just pray and ask God to save those that need Christ. I wonder if God's people today, instead of thinking about self, instead of thinking about problems that we all have, instead of focusing on other people's problems that they all have, instead of just uh, realize that, hey, listen, I'm not here to fix everybody, but I am here to be a witness to everyone that I come in contact with. I am here to share Christ. I'm here to be salt. I'm here to be light. That is the purpose that God has for me here in this life. And we get out of our comfort zones, and we would start doing what God has called us to do. I believe with all my heart we could change this area for Jesus. I don't know how many is here this morning. Sad that some chose not to be here because they say they're saved, they should be here unless they're out of town. But here's the point. If every one of us here would just be salt and light this week and we would have a burden for that one and it would move us to be a witness to them, I believe you would see the multitude grow and grow and grow. How do you know that, preacher? Because it happened in the first church. It happened in Acts chapter number 2. A burden says these things. Let me give them to you quickly. Burden says, I am very concerned about the person's eternity. What do you mean, their eternity? Folks, I'll just tell you what. People that are lost without Christ, die without Christ, guess, hey, listen, you know, you know, hey, I'm not telling you anything you shouldn't know, but listen, there is a hell. It is alive. It is well. And people are there, and they're spending eternity there. I don't want my friend. I don't want people to go there. I want to be salt and light so that I can share the truth with them. I know they have a choice. I understand that. But I also have a choice to share the gospel. To share the gospel. Are you? Paul says, I have a burden. I'm concerned about the eternity. A burden says, I'm willing to do what it takes to reach that person. More time in prayer. More time memorizing scripture. More time sacrificing my time. More time maybe going and telling them. And then it involves a sacrifice. A sacrifice. Paul believed with all his heart the ultimate sacrifice of reaching people for Jesus. 
He wanted to reach them so bad, his people, the Jewish people for Jesus. He made a statement, my friends, that I'm going to tell you something. is not a statement to be taken lightly, but his burden was so great. Even though he knew when he made this statement, he knew it was not going to happen because he gives you eternal life. But he knew and he prayed and he said, this is my burden. This is what I'm willing to do for them to be saved. Romans chapter 9, verse number 3. The ultimate sacrifice. For I wish that myself were cursed from Christ. Wait a minute. He says, I would rather go to hell for eternity if my brethren would just come to Jesus. That is an ultimate sacrifice. But I thought about that. And I, I don't really know, you know, can we pray that? I don't know if we could, God's not going to answer that prayer, but if you're saved, you have eternal life. But I do think this, I think it's there for this reason. We need to sacrifice so people come to Jesus. What will you sacrifice? you got a family member right now, and you've been praying them for years, they come to Jesus. Maybe you have a friend right now and you've been praying for them to come to Jesus Christ. Maybe it's now to that point you need to say these words, Lord, whatever it takes to save them. Now I want you to understand, when you pray that prayer, it's an ultimate sacrifice because it may be, it may just be, God says the only way that they're going to come to Jesus is you, you will pay that ultimate sacrifice sacrifice of maybe giving your life, maybe losing something, someone, so that they would come to Jesus. What is it that you're willing to sacrifice? What is it that you're willing to say, God, I will give this, I will do this, that they might know Jesus? See, that's a burden That's a burden beyond our dreams or our thoughts. That's a burden that says whatever it takes. A burden sees people going to hell. A burden sees people running running their lives with all kinds of things in their life. Uh, A burden is one that sees people heading in the wrong direction. And I give this illustration, and then I want to give you a verse in closing. It's this. Billy Sunday, the great evangelist, years gone by. Some of you may not even know who that is, but... He was a great evangelist in the early 1900s, and God used him to bring many people to Jesus. And, and I mean, when they had crusades, he'd come. I mean, it'd be packed out. I, I mean, packed out football stadiums. I mean, it was huge. It was thousands and thousands of people. And I remember uh, this Billy Sunday, by the way, was an ex-pro baseball player, player that got saved and born again, and God took him and used him to be this great evangelist. And they they interviewed Billy Sunday after several years of his crusades and many people coming to Christ. And I've heard some people say over a million people got saved through his ministry. But they asked him one day, Billy, why do you do what you do? You're a professional ball player. You had it made. You had fame. Why do you go from city to city to town to town to countryside to country? Why do you preach like you do? And I'll tell you what, he was a I, I, if he come here and preach it at our service, I'll tell you what, it'd be rip-roaring, brother. It, he was a preacher. 
Billy Sunday got up from where he was seated, went to the window, pulled back the curtains of the window and said, come here. The reporter came here and says, he said, look out that window. He says, yes. He says, see all those people? See all those people? The reporter said, I see them. Billy Sunday raised his voice and he said this, they're going to hell. They're on their road to hell. That's why I preach. That's what I do, what I do, because they're going to hell. Will they not get that burden today? See, Jesus, and I close, said this in Mark 6, 34. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people. He was moved with compassion toward them because they were sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Will you today, will you today say, God, give me one? Will you today say, God, burden me for one? Will you not reach just one for Jesus? Let's stand with our heads bowed, our eyes closed. Our heads bowed and eyes closed. You have one. Someone on your heart right now someone on your mind right now God has given you one say preacher I came last Sunday and prayed well if you got a burden you'll come again and pray because you don't want to see that person go to hell you don't want to see them to go without Christ you don't want to see them mess up their life you'd pray oh God oh God Give me that burden. Maybe this morning you don't have that burden. You need to come say, God, give me a burden for lost souls. Maybe you're here this morning, you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Will you not come today? Will you not come and just cry out and say, oh God, I need you. Come into my life. I know I'm a sinner, and I need you. As God's speaking to you this morning, you come. Father, the invitation is given. I pray that we will be obedient. And I pray, oh God, that right now, you would just help us to see the need of reaching at least one. That one for Jesus, letting our light shine. But I pray for that person, Lord, that's not saved, that today they would come and receive Christ. I pray for that, Lord. Move in our hearts. In Jesus' name, heads bowed, eyes closed. She plays another verse. We won't keep you long. But God is speaking to you. Come on. You're here and you're not saved. Come on. Say yes to Jesus.
Jesus is calling. Oh, sinner. Come home. do something this morning that we did last Sunday. Some of you weren't here, so here we go. I want you to gather, cross it out, hold hands. Come on, everybody, just hold hands. Come on. Hold hands. This is how we're going to end our service. This is how we're going to end it, right here. Hold hands. Just hold hands. Everybody ready? Josh still got to find somebody. All right. Hope's got to find somebody. All right. Here they go. We're going to hold hands. All right. If you're not holding hands with someone, that means you're afraid of them. They must be pretty mean looking. All right. All right. Here we go. We're going to pray. Josh, you're going to lead us. And we're going to pray. God, help us be salt and light this week. And as he prays, you pray for that person right now. God's laid on your heart, okay? Pray for him. Josh? Amen. Now, before you go, before you go, next Sunday in the bulletin will be an address for you to support uh, some folks in uh, the Bahamas that's been through this terrible storm, and we will have you that information, and we'd like for you to give whatever you can through PayPal, 